All right, on this episode of the I-501CU podcast, I have the opportunity to interview newly, new author, Hardy Smith, who's also a consultant and speaker in the nonprofit space. And the book he just launched is Stop the Nonprofit Board Blame Game. So join me in my interview with Hardy Smith. Hey everybody, this is Michael Corley. Just wanted to let you know, we are now sending out a weekly, very brief newsletter tips, tricks, pointers to nonprofit executives. That includes both board members and CEOs, executive directors. If you're interested in receiving this, please go to thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter and you can sign up. Once again, that's thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter. Well, welcome ladies and gentlemen to this week's episode of the I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members. Oh, this is going to be a good interview. In fact, Hardy and I and with Reed were just talking and we were laughing so hard, we realized we, we got to go ahead and do this podcast. Hardy Smith is joining me today. He's a consultant and a speaker who works with leaders to who want to stop the frustration with their volunteer boards. Oh, good Lord, that's going to open up a can of worms. Hardy, if you would, please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about you, how you came about to writing this book and what you do. Michael, thank you so very much for an opportunity to be on on your podcast. I've been looking, uh, been following you for a while, and and see you do great work with boards, and so I've been looking forward uh, to this opportunity uh, for some time now, and and glad we could get on the schedule. Uh, Michael, I'm the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Stop the Nonprofit Board Blame Game, and as a consultant and a speaker. I work with nonprofit organizations and their boards nationwide who want to benefit from positive, productive, fully engaged boards. And I, I come from a background of over 30 years in the high-performance world of NASCAR racing. It gives me an entirely different perspective on how to recognize the challenges that nonprofits face around their boards and also, it gives me the benefit of a different perspective for identifying the solutions that will create the boards that organizations want. So, so you write this book, you you learn a number of things through the research. Share with the audience how the book came about, you know, and, and, and how it evolved, and then we want to get into some of the details of the book. Well, uh, the book uh, is 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 my wife and a number of very close friends. Uh, continue to remind me, even though the book is out and being quite successful, uh, wow, it sure took you a long time, Hardy, to get that book done. Um, I actually started, uh, the backstory here is I, I started research for the, for the book way before I had the idea for a book. Um, I, I, based on the, the feedback that I saw in the, the nonprofit world, about the continuous frustration that nonprofit professionals voice around uh, board member performance, around board member engagement. You know, with, with the engagement question, there's either not enough or in some cases too much, but it's a big issue. So this is definitely one of those things that keeps nonprofit board uh, and board leaders and board profession, uh, nonprofit professionals awake at night, answering, trying to answer the compelling question, why don't board members do what they're supposed to do? So I started out on a quest to find out an answer for that question. And then 
what I did was in the results I got from the from the research I did in collecting, and this is important to share, Michael, the book is based on the board member perspective. And I feel like this is something that's different because I ask the board members, well, uh, your, your nonprofit professionals are not happy with you. Why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? And they told me. And so a nationwide group of participants uh, provided me with just some so many golden nuggets that eventually evolved into a book project. And, uh, and the book project itself, uh, I, I didn't start out with this in, in mind, uh, but produced a startling reveal. And the reveal is, uh, which directly led to the name of the book. Uh, the reveal, Michael, is that there's a finger of blame being pointed by the staff professionals to board members around performance engagement, but based on the feedback I got from board members, they're pointing a finger of blame to staff professionals because of poor board experiences, uh, poor communication, uh, poor uh, recruiting practices, uh, failed relationships and uh, mistakes with board member relationships. So what's the big reveal? It's a blame game. And there's, so there are two fingers of blame pointing at each other. And it is a blame game. So that's where the book title comes from, Stop the Nonprofit Board Blame Game. Love, and, love that title. Love that. Know, yeah. Quick question. Yeah. In this game, I ask audiences during every presentation, who wins in this game? No winners. So you, you do this research. You're, you're working with these, these individuals, if you will, around the country. So tell us, why don't board members meet expectations? What did, what did you learn? Well, number one, in, in some of this, um, let me just put this out there. Um, I'm not a high-level, uh, high eyebrow type, uh, academic-type thinker. Um, my success, and maybe it's because of the, 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 the NASCAR background, is, look, just put it out there, plain and simple. What are the basics? What's the one-on-one? What's the foundational uh, concepts and theories that you need to anchor to and do those things right? All right. So if uh, the advice and I, I, I get some criticism uh, that comes back on evaluations. Wow. This was just so simple. I was looking for more. I'm just going to say, if you think that way, if you think my advice is simple, let me challenge you back right now. Uh, if you were doing it right, if you were getting the results that you were wanting uh, to get, then okay, more power to you. Keep doing it. But I'm going to suggest as a whole, I mean, there are certainly great nonprofit organizations with fantastic boards. Absolutely. You and I know plenty of those. But out of the 
almost 2 million nonprofit organizations in this country, the frustration around board engagement is a top issue. So I'm saying, look, you've got best practices that you're following that may not be best. Uh, I've got a great friend, a speaker and uh, author colleague of mine, Stephen Shapiro, who wrote this great book, Our Best Practices Stupid. Well, I, I, I work with Stephen and repurpose that, and it's in the stories in the book, but my, I repurpose that, uh, Michael, to the challenge question, are nonprofit best practices stupid? So the point is, uh, you need to try something differently if you want a different result. And so here are some of the fails that, again, board members have shared with me, Michael. Number one, if your board members aren't as engaged as you want them to be, you probably have the wrong board members. Um, so I encourage organizations to recruit with purpose, recruit board members with purpose and process. And I outlined that the book goes deep mm -hmm. in explaining the how-tos there. I'm not just telling you, I'm showing you how. But the next thing is board members um, share with me uh, there's what, what board members who were at one time, blue chip board members, top five prospects, you know, five-star prospect board members, uh, become disengaged because of a less than positive board experience. So what are some of the things that contribute to a less than positive board experience? You know what the number one reason is? Without fail, hands down, it is poor communication. And Michael, I'm not talking about communication. I'm not talking about more communication. I'm talking about the need to communicate effectively. And the book outlines all of that. But there are a whole lot of nonprofit uh, board members who do not feel like that communication between staff and board members is adequate. It's appropriate. It may be an issue of timeliness. It may be an issue of surprise, which no board member ever wants to be surprised. It may be that that the 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 staff is not communicating with board members in a way that board members want or prefer to be communicated with. Um, so a lot of fails, uh, and, and, and I'm going to say, and you probably have seen this, unfortunately, there are those organizations where the relationship between staff and board members from a communication standpoint uh, and lack thereof is intentional. Staff doesn't feel like board members uh, they're just kind of a necessary evil. And we'll just let them know when we, you know, because if we communicate with them, they're just going to bother. So it's intentional. Uh, you know, a lot of times board members, well, board members have shared with me, Michael, sometimes they feel like they're mushrooms. Kept in the dark and covered with, well, you know what mushrooms are covered with in a grow house. So if, if that's how a board member feels about how they're being communicated with, let's jump to relationships and the importance of relationships between 
executive director, CEO, and their board members. It's all about relationships. And the number, I said the number one problem is poor communication. The most, anytime I ask an audience, uh, and especially one that's heavy with females, uh, I ask the question, all right, what is the most essential element of a long-term successful relationship? And 100% of the time, everyone knows it's communication. And so if you are not having effective communication with your board members, you are undermining the, a positive relationship opportunity. So you're really tearing that foundation down. So some of those are the key things uh, that, that are essential uh, for having a good, positive, productive board experience. You know, some other quick tips. Number one, board members want to be appreciated. Uh, you know, they are volunteers. They are volunteers, and we forget that. When we work with volunteers, thank you, thank you, thank you is volunteer management 101. We know that. But for some reason, Michael, we don't apply that to our relationships with board members. Board members want to know they're having an impact. They want to know they're making a difference. They're not, they didn't sign up to just come to a board meeting where there's no discussion, there's no opportunity for questions, there's no debate. It's just to start at the top of the hour and come, well, just, I'm just going to say, come hell or high water, it's going to end at the top of the hour. Had a bunch of reports and that's it. Um, so in that regard, you've got to make meetings matter. So your meetings are something that a board member looks forward to. Your board are your board meetings a not to be missed meeting, not one that okay I've got three other things I could be doing. Do I really want to go to that board meeting? Nah, I'm not. I'm blowing it off, and and then they're out. So that's a sign of some other things. But those are some quick hitters, Michael, on exactly what happens um, and why board members don't get the expectation. Uh, that they want, and, it, and it, I'm guessing, Hardy, this this kind of this creeps up. You know, it's not you don't wake up and have a dysfunctional board, a disengaged board. It it, it creeps. It, and so, how is there certain are there certain reasons for the creep? And, and what would you encourage uh, a CEO or a board chair to do if they're observing any type of creep? Well, number one, uh, what are the signs of, of the creep? So number one, uh, our board members, uh, what's the attendance look like? Um, so if you're just ballpark, if you're meeting once a month or 12 meetings a year, um, out of 12, what's your attendance look like? So if I'm at 50%, if I've made six meetings, but I've missed six, um, is someone paying attention to that? Is board, is, uh, staff leadership paying attention to it and for our board member leaders who are listening are our board chairs and board leadership paying attention to it number two are a sign of of, of that creep negative creep maybe coming up with a new term here michael a negative creep for engagement a negative 
uh, engagement creep. How about that? There we go. Uh, sounds like an article. So the negative engagement creep. Uh, are board members coming to meetings obviously prepared or obviously not prepared? What I mean by that is such as, have they read the advance reports? Have they obviously reviewed the minutes? Are they up to speed on the financial statements, the budget documents that were shared in advance? Do Are they active participants in the meeting? Uh, do they have good, timely questions? Uh, are they willing to, to challenge? Not not disruptive uh, challenge, but uh, constructive challenge. Are they are they participating in that way? And I'm not talking about just being a regular chatterbox in the meeting. Sometimes, you know, you that that one or two board members that just sit and listen and listen and listen, and then whatever it is they've got to say, everyone's paying attention. But do you are they saying it? And when you know they have something to say, so you know are are your board members, and this is important, are your board members showing up early for the meeting for a chance? Uh, and, and are they staying after the meeting or are they rushing out? So they come sliding in at the very last minute to slide into their, their chair around the board table, or are they getting up and leaving as soon as the meeting is over? Now, why is that important? Let me suggest this. A board member who gets there early is coming because not only do they not want to be late, they have an opportunity to see some friends. And the socializing, just like staying after the meeting, uh, the socializing then, that helps create connection. It's a personal reason why they want to come to the meeting. So encourage that uh, and help foster introductions that will lead to more connection. Um, so those connections are, are extremely valuable. So those are some, again, some uh, some quick titter, uh, hitter tips, Mike. You mentioned in your book, and I have read the, the, the book, and I encourage all of our listeners to do so. And Hardy will give us you know where we can go buy it, purchase the book towards the end of this podcast, but shout out hardysmith.com. I don't know how you got that URL, but uh, that's, that's a pretty good URL, hardysmith.com. You mentioned, and I picked up on this, a lack of organization. What contributes to poor board engagement? A lack of organization. I love that. Would you just dive into that a little bit? <laughs> you know, the um, uh, the world of nonprofits, and, and when you when you when you come from the South, uh, you, you'll understand, and the rest of the country may or may not understand. But the 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 world of nonprofits, in my opinion, is definitely a a bless their hard world. Uh, I mean, there is such uh, dysfunctionality. Um, and one of the things, one of the things that leads to so much of the uh, lack of success, if you will, not meeting the, the possibilities of potential, if you will, for a nonprofit mission, and definitely creating to board engagement Michael, for some reason, well, I actually know a number of the reasons, but for we'll we'll leave those on the side for another conversation at another time. But the nonprofit sector as a whole, 
for some reason insist on, well, they'll say they understand why planning is beneficial, but for some reason there's an insistence on not doing it. Well, again, a lot of reasons, but here's the bottom line. Board members have told me they become disengaged when they see an organization drifting, when they see an organization functioning without purpose. You can't not drift. You can't move in a focused, purposeful direction, Michael, without some sense of where the heck it is you're going measured by a degree of specificity with timelines and measurable outcomes and impact statements that point you with guidance on where you're going and what you're trying to achieve. So without the benefit of any kind of planning, and let me insert, uh, without the benefit of good planning, you, your, your organization, you're holding yourself back and you're creating an opportunity for your board members to not feel a sense of purpose. And again, you know, I, I said earlier, board members get engaged because they believe they can make a difference. They want to have an impact. So it's hard to do that when the organization can't really articulate what it is they're trying to get done how it's going to happen, how many of whatever it is, how many units of good, if you will, will be achieved, and by when, and at what cost. Pretty basic things. Um, so my, my and, and here's another piece of that, part B, uh, is, you know, for the organizations who just don't want to get involved in planning, again, for a whole lot of reasons, they, they try to, to compensate with a little bit of a workaround that I'm just going to say doesn't work. Um, and that is, look, I don't want to have to fool with these board people. I don't want to listen to their opinions. They're just going to give me feedback. As an, I'm talking about a staff professional. I know what we need to do. So I'm going to write the plan, the strategic plan. I'm going to present it at the board meeting and say, look, Here's our strategic plan for the next three years, or action plan for, for 2023, 2024, the, or the next year. And here it is. Any questions, any objections, all those in favor say aye, aye, and they all vote. It's just another report. And you know what? Invariably, Michael, about 100% of the time, the plan, the plan, sits on a shelf. No action is ever taken. And the staff professional uh, is so frustrating. Well, you know what? We The board passed the plan. And in that plan, we had, here's a board task, here's a board task, here's board task number three, four, five, and six. And you know what? And it might include fundraising, by the way. And ain't none of it happening. Well, why is that? Here's the answer. It's not their plan. It's not their plan. They didn't commit to anything. All they did was approve your plan report. I got a great friend, longtime friend, Dr. Jack Hawkins, who is the chancellor of, of Troy University. Um, and he said, Hardy, remember this. 
if they help bake the cake, they own the cake. So I'm an advocate, Michael, of encouraging nonprofit organizations who want to stimulate greater board engagement, use good planning processes as a board engagement tool. It's a way to get them involved. So it might take a little extra time. You might have to listen to thoughts and opinions that you really think you're too busy to listen to, but apparently you're not too busy to stay up sleepless at night because board members aren't doing what they're saying. I'm trying to, people, I'm trying to help you here. So get them involved. You know, it's hard for me, if you ask me for my opinion on what should be included in the plan, I share my opinion with you. The other board members agree with me. It's all doable. It's good. My thought is in the plan when it comes for implementation and execution by me as a board member and meeting my task obligations. Isn't it kind of hard for me to not agree with myself and say, wow, my great idea is what I ought to be doing. So that's, I'm committed to it, right? Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And, and it's interesting. I've had the exact same conversations with with the executive directors. Say, oh, you could certainly write the plan. And yes, it will be a lot faster. N no doubt. It just won't be effective for the reasons you laid out, Hardy. It, it's yeah. buy-in. And this, this is almost relationship one-on-one -on -one that we can apply to so many areas of, of our lives. Let me ask you this as we're moving in towards the end of the interview. So let, let's say there's, a, there's an executive director out there that has a disengaged board right now and 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 what are steps he or she ought to take over the next whatever period of time to begin the re-engagement process what tips do you have if if this were a presentation that i was doing on board development board engagement uh how to build a, a better board how to get the board members you want uh and and, and michael you were in the audience and you asked that question I would pull up on the screen uh, a, a slide shot of a mirror. And I, my suggestion is an answer to, to your question, what can you do as a nonprofit professional, is simply look in the mirror. Um, and a lot of times when I'm work, working with organizations who are dealing with these challenges, I say, hey, you know, we could have rewritten the title to be uh, board therapy for nonprofit profet board relationship therapy for nonprofit professionals, right? Well, for anyone who's ever gone through relationship therapy, um, quite rarely, quite rarely is it ever just one party in the relationship. Uh, I'm not saying blame or fault could be equal. It could be weighed. Uh, you know, heavier on one side than the other, but there's always a way um, that that I would encourage you to look into the mirror and just examine, just simply, not looking for self-blame or anything like that, just, just really simple. I like the Steve Jobs question, how can, how can we improve and make it personal, rephrase that, how can I improve in my relationships with my board members. So do a simple self-assessment. Just, you know, it's just you. It's just you. There's no judgment there. You're having a self-conversation. 
maybe with a with a notepad and a pen and, and you're you're writing down these things and kind of you know have a list of your board members and do it collectively how can i improve my relationships with my board members collectively how can i improve my relationships and then go down the list with each individual board member and just start there and then part two is after some self-reflection go to your board members collectively and individually michael and share with them you would like to uh you would like to be better at at relationships with the board you would like to be better with your individual relationship. So ask the board to, to, to support you in that effort. And then individually, the same thing. Uh, so Michael is, is the executive director. Um, you know, you're on our board. You're an important part of our board. I would like to do better in, the relation, in our relationship. Michael, how can I do better? What can I do better to support what you would like to do on this board? And it's all personal relationships. And again, it gets back to the communication. So if you can have good, positive communication, and oh, by the way, Michael, what's the most important part of good, effective communication? Listening. Listening. So when you ask your board collectively when you have these individual conversations make sure you are listening to them listen to them because quite often board members share with me they do not feel listened to they have thoughts they have opinions they have skills they have experience and they don't feel like that's being taken advantage of well, Hardy, you have emphasized and re-emphasized something that I, the older I get, the more I appreciate, and that's the, the importance of relationships. It really, it's all, our world's all about relationships, but maybe even more importantly, you have to be intentional in taking the time. It does take time to build relationships, it, it, and it, it's not a, a checkoff. Uh, it, it's a task that is an ongoing task, and, and encourage executive directors, take the time to do it. It will pay off in spades. So, Hardy Smith, where can people find your book? Where can they find more information about you as we wind down this podcast? Well, Michael, thank you. And let me just piggyback, if I might, on, on what, what you just shared that is so important. Yes, good, positive, productive, long-term relationships is an investment. It is an investment in time. And great, Hardy. Now, and Michael, now you've told me, as an overworked, underappreciated, nonprofit staff professional, now you've just given me more work to do. Well, yes, we both have. We've double teamed you. It's two on one. So let me just suggest to you, here's a Dale Earnhardt Jr. quote from NASCAR World. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want a positive, productive, fully engaged board? And if you want it bad enough, you will invest the time. You will invest the time. You can find the book on Amazon, uh, Stop the Nonprofit Board Blame Game. It's available there. Matter of fact, I think they're probably running a discounted price uh, right now, so, so grab it. It's on the Kindle also. Um, HardySmith.com is my website where you can uh, connect with me, learn more about me. Also, you can buy the book there as well. But Amazon is right there. 
Hardy, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Hardy Smith, speaker, consultant, and author now with a, the book that he just referenced that can be found on his website. Thank you for taking the time to, to speak with us today, Hardy, and we look forward to maybe talking again in the future. All right, what a great interview with Hardy Smith. Certainly knowledgeable, wonderful book. This is Recapping with Reed. Three key points, Reed. Go. Number one, a dysfunctional board does not just appear one day. So some of the things you can look for to see if your board is trending in that direction. What's your attendance look like at board meetings? Are those board members coming prepared or unprepared? Are they showing up early and staying late? Or are they socializing with their fellow board members? Um, all of these things can be factors to a functional or a dysfunctional board. Yeah, we're talking about negative engagement creep. I think we we coined a new new term there. And number two. Um, board members become disengaged when they see an organization drifting or functioning without purpose. It just reemphasizes the importance of mission and sticking to that mission. Well stated. And number three. Use strategic planning as a tool to get additional buy-in from board members and include them in the process. If they help bake the cake, they own the cake. Well, there you go. You quoted Hardy Smith. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, recapping with Reed based on our interview with Hardy Smith. And you remember, you can go hardysmith.com to purchase his book or on Amazon. Everybody, we'll see you next week on the I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members.